Hello everyone and welcome to Think Yourself Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. Let's dive into today's episode. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest Jeff Weitzman. He is the president of Health Freedom for Humanity, a worldwide organization of doctors, lawyers, farmers, musicians, and activists. He has been active in tearing down the mask mandates wherever they exist, using calm, loving energy to educate store owners on the law. Jeff is also an award-winning documentary filmmaker, releasing his latest film this summer called Beliefs and Stories about the emotional spiritual issues underneath disease. Thank you so much for being with us, Jeff. I can't wait to pick your brain about this documentary. I am a huge um, believer and advocate of thinking ourselves healthy. Um, That's how this whole podcast came about not accepting diagnosis, all of that kind of thing is our reality. So sounds like we're going to have a lot of fun things to chat about. Right on, Heather. Awesome. So Jeff, tell me a little bit about you and how you started getting involved in all of these mandates that have you know come about over the last 20 months with um, the pandemic. Right. So Um, last summer, about 15 months ago, my wife passed away from cancer. I'm sorry to hear that. Really at the tender young age of 58 years old, we have two kids. They're now 25 and 24 years old. And for them to lose their mother, you know, it was just devastating. And I think shortly after that, I was at a farmer's market outdoors and the owner of the farmer's market said, Hey, you can't be here without a mask. And I said, well, you know what? I'll compromise with you. I'll wear a face shield. Mm -hmm. That little stupid plastic thing that goes over the face. And he said, yeah, not good enough. He calls the police over. He goes, police, come here. Escort this man out of the farmer's market. He's not wearing a mask. Wow. And I talked to the police officers and I said, well, no, actually this, you know, I'm compromising Boa Vaughn. The police said, yeah, we'll have none of that. Get out of here right now. And that's when I went off started throwing F-bombs, I will sue your ass. Uh, Just, it was so embarrassing, Mm -hmm. frankly, Heather. All the vendors around were just hiding their head in shame, just like, oh my God, make this go away. Mm -hmm. And, And when I got home from that experience, I realized that I was the problem. I mean, I know, I know this guy is in darkness. I know the police are just doing their job. Mm-hmm. But why did I lose control? Why am I l- reacting? Why can't I find a better way around this? And so what I had to do was get quiet, ask God for help, because that's what I do is I admit powerlessness, like a 12-step program, ask God for whatever I'm not understanding, and then I wait for it. I wait for it to come. And what came to me was this amazing concept that I have to love those people in darkness. And I was like, hell no, hell no. These people are taking away my right to buy organic fruits and vegetables. That's my line in the sand. And so as I sat with that, it took me another three months to get into love for these people. And what I realized was that they're just 
um, you know, they're just in darkness. They don't know any better. And what I have to do is find a way to live my life, not asking for permission and just do what I need to do. And so that's when I came up. And then I found out about this law, 21 U.S. Code 360 BBB-3, which is the federal law on emergency use devices, which include the mask, the PCR test, and the vaccine. And the law says we have informed consent and the option to refuse. So I walked into Sprouts. They said, sir, you have to wear a mask. I said, well, no, actually, I don't. And they called the manager and the manager came to me and he goes, sir, sir, you have to wear a mask. And I had my camera with me and I just, you know, I filmed him mm -hmm. and I gave him the law in writing. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, actually I don't, we have informed consent and the option to refuse. And I said, now I'm going to go about my business and do my shopping. Thank you very much. I went and got my items. Then he stood at the cash register and wouldn't let me go by. And I said, are you trying to falsely imprison me here? And he stepped away and he said to the cashiers, hey, do not ring him up, he's not wearing a mask. To which I said, that's okay, I'll pay cash. And I just paid cash. And then I walked out and he's like, hey, I'm calling the police. I said, you know what, I'm gonna wait here for that. Let's call the police. So he calls the police. So I meet the sheriff and I say, now you have a duty to uphold the constitution, am I right? And the sheriff says, yes, I do. And eventually he wrote me a ticket for trespassing. Okay. Two weeks later, the ticket was dropped by the district attorney because he didn't want to pursue it. So I went right back into Sprouts and just did the whole thing over. Mm -hmm. And I just did this again and again and again until finally the CEO of Sprouts made a public announcement nationwide saying no more mask mandate mandates for any shoppers in the entire United States of America. And this was before mandates got lifted anywhere else by any governor. Mm -hmm. And it was a shocking revelation to all of us that wow, one human being can actually make a difference and that calm, loving energy is what trumps all this BS. Mm -hmm. and, and there's no defense against a calm man or woman armed with the truth and you throw love in there and it's game over. Right. So that was my initial experience. Well, that's beautiful. And you know, the reality is I hear so many people say, well, I'm just one person. What can I do? You know, how can I make the change? And you are a perfect example of demonstrating, doing the research, finding out and empowering yourself with the truth, with the laws and utilizing that information to help educate others. I think that a lot of what's happened over the last 20 months is just a lot of ignorance with people not really understanding our laws. We just have blindly followed this administration and all of the recommendations. There's been so many people who haven't questioned the logic behind a lot of this. And now we're seeing, um, we're seeing a lot of stuff come out you know, that people like myself and you have seen since the beginning, but now masses are starting to kind of, I don't, I hate to use the word wake up, but kind of, you know, um, being more understanding of that information. Nice. Yeah. So I, I commend you for your advocacy work and well, your courage. And Heather, let me continue that because what was interesting, what happened after that Mm -hmm. Then I went into Ikea, Home Depot, Ralph's, um, both farmers markets where I lived and got the mass mandates removed in a 10 mile radius of me in Los Angeles. Wow. Everywhere. Nobody could stop them. 
And then we started uh, getting to mothers who were concerned about their kids going to school with masks. And they were able to remove the mask mandates at universities and high schools and elementary schools. We then had another wave of mask mandates that came through after the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. And this one has been much harder to shake, but now we are also shaking that. So what, what I just wanted to share here was that um, we were then able to reproduce this, you know, further and further. And the funny thing about mask mandates is they could pull the wool over our eyes for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. But now we've got the evidence. First of all, it's illegal to mask children at schools. Illegal, as in we will throw you in prison. Mr. Principal, how do you like your jumpsuit? Do you want it in orange or blue or stripes? Your choice, because you're going to be in a jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. Once we get that information across, that's going to scare them. The other information that's happening right now all across America is students, staff, teachers, they're all starting to take their masks off and just go, screw it. I don't care. I don't care. And what's being revealed is that there really is no control. There is no power that anyone has over us. And the scientific facts are that there are literally zero studies that show using a randomized control trial, any absolute risk reduction from a mask, mm -hmm. zero. So we have the science. Uh, we now have the length of time, which is you know really a year and a half of just showing that hey, masks really haven't been effective. They haven't changed a thing. And by the way, we're all done with it now. And so we're going to just pick holes in the system and watch you all crumble. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's, I know myself, I have a lot of mothers who send me messages stating that, you know, they are really struggling with the whole mask mandates in the schools and their children being forced to have to social distance and have to wear these masks. The kids are coming home crying. I mean, it's creating a lot of emotional distress for our young children. And the unfortunate component of this is that we haven't even yet brushed the surface of the long-term consequences that this is going to have on our, our younger children, our elementary school children and adolescents right now. Um, I hate to see, you know, where what those statistics are going to look like in terms of mental and emotional impact and being able to just interact in society in a healthful way. Um, anxiety, depression, all of those things. I know it's going to be exciting also to see the new wave of uh, punk rock and other musicians that a lot of these kids, I think, will find their voice through what a lot of people found in the 70s and 60s with bands like Rage Against the Machine. Because mm -hmm. we've all been wondering, hey, where are the Rage Against the Machines right now? Why right. are they not out on the streets playing their music? Right. So that'll be fun to see that develop like these kids, you know, I'm, I'm so sad for these kids and what they're going through. But also I realize this is going to be their battle that they're going to have to face in their life. And hopefully they can transform it into something really beautiful. 
Yeah. I, I know for myself, I feel so blessed that my children are 25 and almost 21. And I'm not in a position where I have to really be fearful of what they're being subjected to. They're adults. They can make their own decisions now. And I'm fortunate enough that they're kind of on the same page as myself. I know within my own family unit, there's a lot of division that has happened over the last 20 months, so much that it has impacted relationships in an unhealthy way um, around views, political views and views that of personal preferences when it comes to this whole pan pandemic and recommendations around how we're supposed to behave accordingly. Um, I myself have a warrior spirit and I can see what, you know, is happening here and where we're headed. I believe that a lot of people would consider me a conspiracy theorist because I have questioned and challenged most of this since the beginning. And I don't want to be that person who's like, I told you so. But every time the, you know, the things happen as to where we're at now, it's like, saw this coming, like, duh, and people are like, whoa, never saw this coming. It's like, mm, didn't you though? Hmm. So it's really challenging to hold that love, to hold that light, to hold that, you know, space in challenging times like this, where we're being promoted to separate and create division. So what are some of the tips that you have on how you were able to lean in and embody the love component as you are creating massive action and change at a national level? Yeah, I mean, Heather, I think we, for me personally, I had to acknowledge the rage that I felt. Mm -hmm. Absolute rage. This isn't, <laughs> yeah. this isn't, I'm angry, I'm a little pissed off. This is like, how dare you take away my right to breathe? Yes. And buy organic fruits and vegetables. Right. So starting from that place of just acknowledging really how deep the feelings are, then I can go to a place of, wow, this is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. I'm powerless and my life is unmanageable and I need help. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's the key. Now I can come to a place of where I'm ready to embrace God, whatever God has to say, whatever God has to teach me. And I'm going to deeper levels right now of love than I ever thought was possible. The other thing I want to say is you talk about family and how painful is it to get betrayed by family that you have loved, that you have shared so many intimate moments with for for years and years and years, 30 years or more, and to have them go on social media and make a post where they, where they just completely mock you, yep. they undercut you. They, um, I had a family member recently who said, um, so what's it like to not have a job anymore and live off your wife's pension? And it's like, that's like saying, are you still beating your wife? It's like, wait a minute. First of all, I'm, I haven't stopped working. I haven't stopped making money. And yes, I'm receiving my wife's pension, but does that make me a bad person? And so um, it, it's, it's so painful and shocking. And I think I'm willing, the secret for me is being willing to go to the place of feeling the depths of those feelings. Yeah. And then talking it out with somebody and realizing how absolutely pathetic and pitiful 
it is. And then going to the place of, oh my God, these people must be in tremendous pain. Right. They're in fear, they're in pain. This woman actually thinks that the masks are keeping her safe and without them, she's going to die. So yeah. of course she's going to attack me. Right. So that helps me sort of get into a place of understanding, okay, I'm now compassionate for her. Mm-hmm. Now the next step is she has no power over me. I'm setting my boundaries. I'm blocking her from social media. And now if she wants to contact me, have a conversation, great. But I understand she is an unsafe person. I understand the world is changing and I have a new family now. Mm-hmm. And I'm spending my time with my new family. I'm spending my time setting up the new earth. I'm having the greatest time of my life. So there's a balance really to the whole thing, right? But this whole, I call it transmuting rage into love. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to do this, you know, um, but apparently that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So that's my take on it. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. You know, I love the fact that you bring up the rage component because I know that in April of 2020, I was in the midst of my rage. You know, this was supposed to be two weeks to slow the spread. Now we're six weeks into this situation and I'm losing my mind and my rage got so bad that I stomped my foot on the floor rather erratically and fractured my foot, ended up in urgent care and then the ER. And it was funny because when I got to the urgent care and then to the ER and had to explain the situation, what had occurred, how I injured myself, I was very honest. I was like, you know, I'm frustrated with the situation. I stomped my foot on the floor really hard out of anger and rage and it hurt. And every doctor that I encountered said, that they had had an influx over the last several weeks of individuals coming in with self injuries from acting out in rage out of frustration due to the quarantine. They were saying, you know, we have women in their 80s who are coming in with fractured wrists from pounding their their wrist onto the countertop and, you know, and so that gave me peace of mind. I thought, okay, I'm not a lunatic here. This is a natural human process, a natural emotion when we know that something is not right. This is not right. This is wrong. And so um, that was a beautiful awareness that I encountered. And unfortunately, I'm still suffering the consequences of that. (laughs) I learned my lesson. Don't take it out on on myself. Um, But another thing, you know, with the mask mandate for me personally, Whenever I initially had to start putting that mask on, it was triggering a lot of anxiety for me. And I work in a special population where I do uh, holistic services for individuals in mental health and substance recovery. And so I have to wear a mask to go into those clinical settings to do the educations. And I noticed that I would be really short of breath, having increased heart rate, just felt in a moment of panic. And one of the um, clients had said to me, have you ever suffered any kind of you know, abuse? Have you ever been choked out or suffocated? And I was like, yeah, there was a period of my life where I was in an extremely abusive relationship where I was getting choked out and suffocated on a daily basis. And all of a sudden that made major, like I had an epiphany, like, oh, this is why I'm so triggered 
with the mask situation. For me, it literally puts me back into those moments of abuse where I feel like I'm literally fighting for my life. So I definitely um, have very different opinions, you know, um, than majority of the population. I just had a conversation with a family member um, about the mask and, you know, they made a comment to me and said, well, none of my freedoms are violated when I wear the mask. And I just thought, okay, here's some intimidation. Here's some manipulating, you know, to try and make us feel shameful and guilty about our choices because we're not following along with the compliance of, of what they desire. So I sent a lot of love and light and compassion, understanding that it really is fear-based. And unfortunately, the ones that are so indoctrinated with the fear are the ones that are glued to the media. Yeah. And they're, they're so afraid of what we're going to take away from them, mm -hmm. right? Because their whole world is based on what's being said on the screen. Right. They're, they're dependent on that for their mental survival. Mm -hmm. you and I represent somebody that's taking away the only thing they have to hold on to because they don't have a connection to this and to God. Right. So, so Jeff, I want to ask you a personal question with the spiritual, you know, the physical and the spiritual awakening you have experienced over. I'm not sure what that time period looks like for you, but have you noticed in the last month or maybe longer, some sort of shift that has happened for yourself personally, going out and interacting in society? Do you feel like things are just a, a little bit different than maybe they were months ago? Uh, for me personally, the shift happened seven months ago. Okay. Where I felt like I was swimming in an ocean of God for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. where I felt like every challenge that came in my life was an opportunity for exactly what I needed to grow, to get to the next place I needed to get to. Mm -hmm. And there were no more coincidences. Every, literally everything that happened was for my benefit. And I was like, are you serious, God? Is this possible to have this much light coming in at this time? Mm -hmm. And everything changed for me. Now, when you talk about the last month, it's even accelerated in the last month. And my perception in the last month is that there is a global awakening happening even more so than ever before. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a flipping of the script right now where we used to be the ones reacting, going, F you and stop hurting me and blah, blah, blah. And now when I go to schools and hold up my sign that says masks are a lie, get them off our children. Hmm. Now it's flipped and the people that are flipping me off and going, stop saying this thing about masks because you're taking away my safety blanket. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh my God, yeah. like, like this thing is happening without any of us really forcing it to happen. It's just happening. Yeah. 
So that's so, what I'm referring to as this shift that has occurred over the last several weeks. Um, I, I just feel like something from a collective perspective is different for individuals such as yourself and myself whom have kind of understood what was happening from the get-go we no longer are in those reactive type of situations. We're sitting back and being more of the observers and holding the space, holding the light for the collective. And now we're seeing the, um, exactly the 180 of where we started with being the ones who were speaking up and really trying to get the attention of society. It's like totally flipped. And now I'm just sitting back going, well, all right, there is hope. <laughs> There is hope. I love it. I love it. There is hope. So tell me about some of the emotional issues that we are facing right now moving forward. Can you kind of speak to, um, and maybe this is kind of tied in with what the documentary that you have produced is about. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my wife was diagnosed with cancer six years ago, bladder cancer. Okay. And, and they said they had that she had to have her bladder removed, her vagina cut in half, mm -hmm. chemo and radiation, and then maybe she would survive to five years. Okay. Yeah. And so, of course, the first thing, you know, when the doctor said that, I was like, well, yeah, that's not going to happen, Right. So we researched and, and her sister had actually been to Germany and healed her cancer there. Mm -hmm. So we went to Germany, treated it naturally with focused heat, IV nutrients and ozone. And in 30 days, the cancer was completely gone. Wow. So that, promote, that prompted me to write an article. The article went viral. Film crews came to me, said, let's make a film. And then they retreated when they realized that you can't speak out against pharma or you will never have a career. So they mentored me and I made the film myself. And, and then I just got on the road to making films. Now my wife with her cancer, she came back from Germany, changed her diet, got into nutrition mm -hmm. and no cancer returned for her for two years. And we felt wow. like, wow, we're on a good path here. Mm -hmm. but then the cancer came slowly coming back and she would just have it cut out, which now I'm, I'm learning surgery is never the answer for cancer mm -hmm. because it's not a problem isolated to one particular location in the body. It's throughout the entire body, right? And you either get it systemically or you don't get it at all. Mm -hmm. And so what, um, what happened was the cancer kept progressing, progressing, progressing until finally, um, a year and a half ago, it just invaded her leg, broke a bone in her leg, got a grapefruit sized tumor and within three months she was dead. And one of the things we talked about, cause we talked a lot about the emotional underpinnings of her disease. She knew she'd been victimized by her childhood sexual trauma mm -hmm. and she did not know how to unhook from that. Yeah. And we both took two different paths from our sexual abuse. My response to my sexual abuse was never again. Mm -hmm. And I will destroy anybody who does that to me or any of my loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I will speak out about this mm -hmm. as often as I have to, to keep this from ever becoming a part of my life. Mm -hmm. Her response was just shut it down. Don't talk about it. 
uh, her feeling was, I need the approval of other people to be okay. Mm-hmm. And also she was like, I'm gonna stay at this job until I die because this job gives me self-worth. So the combination of her not being willing to talk about her abuse, staying glued to a job that was overworking her, not allowing her to find her true self, and then the need for approval from other people, it it continued the space of being victimized. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Kelly Brogan says, victimization is the only real pathology that exists. So if you look at it from that perspective, really the trick for all of us is to get out from being victims. And if we can do that, oh my God, we have clicked into a new place in our life. How does that sound to you? Oh, amazing. And unfortunately in our society, we disempower ourselves very early in age with handing the power over and becoming the victim. You know, when a child gets sick, what happens? Mom and dad say, well, we got to go to the doctor. Doctor's the only one who can fix it. And um, so unfortunately we get indoctrinated into that system and believing that, you know, genetics we're the victim of our genetics. This is the biggest bunch of bullshit I have ever heard in my entire life. And it frustrates me because I have to have this conversation multiple times on a daily basis to get people to understand, like, look, you're indoctrinated in conditioning and programming that has you attached to the pain and suffering. It serves a purpose. You have to decide whether or not this is the purpose you want it to serve. And if it's not, then you're going to have to dive into the unknown. You're going to have to let go of attachment to outcomes and certainties and all of the things. It's truly time to surrender, which will be the most liberating choice that an individual makes for themselves. I know I was, it was 1993. I got diagnosed with having an autoimmune kidney disease. I woke up one day, I was urinating blood, knew something wasn't right went to the doctors, they did testing, came back that I had this autoimmune condition. So they tell me I have five years to live, that within five years, I'm either going to be on dialysis or transplant. And then to top it off, Heather, you're not a full-time college student. So we're going to go ahead and bump you off your parents' insurance. And now you're not going to get health insurance because you have a pre-existing condition. Kidney disease, we're not touching you. So, you know, I'm 18, 19 years old and I am like, what the hell? I've got five years to live. They told me there's nothing I can do to change my circumstances. I can't get health insurance. Like, how am I going to do this? At that time, I graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in myself on how I was going to figure it out, but there was something intuitively within me that said, Heather, that's not your fate. That's not your reality. Don't listen to those lies. You can change this. Empower yourself through knowledge. So that's where my pursuit for knowledge began. And as I started learning and changing my lifestyle habits. Um, All of a sudden, all of these things that I had been plagued with since early childhood, anxiety, depression, addiction to sugar, all of these things started to dissipate and I started feeling better and had more energy. And that just was the beginning of this journey that, you know, I've, I've been on. 
That was 29 years ago. I have bought 29 quality years on my life from that day that they told me I only had five years left to live. So I know the power of thought. I know how influential it can be. And I also understand how we are indoctrinated to become victims early on so that we hand all of our power away and become dependent on pharmaceuticals and surgeries to manage all of the pain and suffering that we are experiencing. So my goal is to keep having conversations with beautiful humans like yourself who have also lived it firsthand and understand the importance of this information and sharing it with the masses so that we can get out of this enslavement we've been in for so long. Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. Most of us could use a little more energy in our day, but caffeine can only do so much. At some point, we have to look at root causes of our fatigue. Organifi creates delicious superfood blends that address both of these problems. They use adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms to help balance cortisol levels associated with stress, and they make it easier to add more nutrients into your day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to www.organifi.com backslash Heather20 and use code Heather20 for 20% off your order. Yeah. Um, Heather, uh, it sounds to me like you've chosen a similar path to me, which is you are speaking out. Oh, yeah. As, oh, yeah. as a way of never allowing yourself to be put back in that box. Absolutely. Down. Do you, do you have any idea what the kidney autoimmune issue was coming from emotionally? I, well, uh, absolutely. So there's a couple of components and then there's another. By, by the way, I only have one and a half kidneys. Okay. I've had a half kidney removed as well. So okay. interesting. Well, so just, you know, when I go to my nephrologist and they evaluate my kidney function and where I'm at, they are always overwhelmed. They're like, how have you done this? Who are you? Do you have business cards? Like I have a lot of clients that need your help. Um, and so I, I have been very, very fortunate. Now I grew up in a very, um, a very chaotic environment. I'm the oldest. I have five younger brothers. My mother was 17 when she had me. Life was chaos. And so unfortunately, I had a lot of abandonment, rejection issues. Um, there was a lot of trauma that I was exposed to. Um, the list goes on and on. But when I turned 15, um, I had been put into an in-hospitalization type of setting for depression and anxiety. I was self-harming. I was pulling my hair out at that time, just trying to get any attention uh, for the misery that I was you know, suffering. And after that experience, that was so traumatic and so horrific that that's when I turned to drugs and I started utilizing drugs as the coping mechanism to just get through my days. And unfortunately that led me to crystal meth use. And 
I was, um, you know, doing a lot of crystal, not sleeping for days, not eating, not hydrating. If I did consume anything, it was caffeine and sugar. And this created a favorable environment for that genetic mutation that I had inherited to turn into an active disease that was creating consequences for me. So in 2011, I ended up getting diagnosed with cervical cancer. And this, at this point, I was pissed because I was already a registered dietitian. I had exercise down, had nutrition down and couldn't understand how I had cancer. Like, no, I'm the picture of health. This doesn't make sense. So I was very angry and this forced me to go back to turn within and go back and seek more information, answer, have more questions answered. So my doctors had said to me, you know, we're going to do surgery. We're going to remove all of the tissue that is cancerous. And then we want to do radiation and chemo to ensure that nothing comes back. And I said, I am willing to do the surgery, have all of the cancerous tissue removed. However, I'm not going to do chemo or radiation. And of course they you know, um, argued with me, shamed me for wanting to make that choice. But I said, look, I recognize that I haven't leaned into the lifestyle habits that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck when it comes to my overall health. And for me at that time, I had gone through a really horrific divorce. I was in a really, really unfortunate custody battle with my ex-husband. I was working 40 hours a week as a clinical dietitian in a setting that I absolutely despised. I was having, I was getting a master's degree. I was raising two teenage girls on my own. And then also bartending and serving nights and weekends just to make ends meet. So I was spread too thin. I didn't have stress management down. I was abusing caffeine as a means to keep me going and I wasn't getting adequate sleep. So I knew that those were the three pillars that I had to address in order to support my overall health. And that's when I really changed my practice as a practitioner, uh, focusing on the real pillars of health. Nutrition and exercise are Nothing if you don't have stress management, sleep, and gut health, um, you know, controlled. Otherwise, you're just a, a walking time bomb. So um, I believe very strongly in all of this work and the work that you're doing and sharing, you know, through your documentaries and your public service work, because this is the way. This is the way of the future. This is how we're going to get humans out of the slavery that we have been indoctrinated in for so long that are coming at the cost of our health and well-being. Can I ask you about your recovery from yeah. your relationship and how you've been moving forward in new relationships with people? Yeah, so that was a battle. <laughs> that was a battle. And to be perfectly honest with you, Jeff, um, it wasn't until 2018 where I had to take a step back and recognize that I truly was not a victim and that I was the common denominator in all of the unhealthy, abusive, narcissistic, codependent relationships I had been involved with. With each relationship, the lessons just kept getting more intense to a point where, you know, I was subjected to physical and sexual abuse and 
And so in 2018, I decided to take a sabbatical up to Mount Shasta. This was the first time in my entire life that I had ever spent time by myself and forced to go within. And during that time period, I had a huge awakening moment where I was sitting in front of the mirror one day, getting dressed, putting my makeup on. And this voice whispered to me, Heather, you know how you think all of your abandonment issues are due to the fact that your dad wasn't really around. And I'm like, yes, I'm listening. And it goes on to say, what if I told you that it was something else? And I'm like, I'm listening. And it goes on to tell me that basically when I was nine months old, my mother's brother was killed. It put her into an even bigger state of chaos and devastation that she didn't have the ability to nurture me and meet my emotional needs that were necessary for a nine month old to form that secure attachment. And as a result of that, that's where the rejection and the abandonment began. That's where my core belief and subconscious programming of not being enough, not being good enough started to develop. And then being that I was the oldest and had all of this responsibility, it really cult cultivated codependent technique or uh, codependent uh, tendencies for me with getting my validation, you know, making everyone else's needs met first and sacrificing self through the process. It was validation. I was worthy. I was deserving. See, look, look at how valuable I am. But I didn't realize that the cost that was coming with that kind of mindset. So in 2018, I had this beautiful epiphany where I recognized I was not a victim. I was a contributor to my circumstances and that I needed to take accountability and understand that all of this chaos, trauma, drama was serving a purpose for me. And it was validating my core belief that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't lovable. And the only way for me to break this pattern was to truly turn within and start filling up my own cup and learning how to love myself and heal the inner child within. And from there, it's led to the most beautiful circumstances. And I'm actually getting married this weekend, Jeff. So I've met my guy. He is so incredibly supportive. And he understands that this is a continued healing process for all of us. We all have traumas. That's part of this human conditioning. That's how they get us trapped into the enslavement is through the infliction of trauma so that that fear that pain, that suffering is created. And unfortunately, there is a chemical addiction that occurs with this in terms of us becoming addicted to our fight or flight response and constantly needing that cortisol, epinephrine and norepinephrine to keep us in our default state. So yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of layers to it, but it, it's all connected and it, it all makes sense. Now, I want to mention something about fight or flight. Yes. Because I just want to say um, the work that I'm doing right now, going to schools, mm -hmm. holding up a sign, getting people throwing F-bombs at me and yelling at me and arguing with me about, do you know how many people have died from COVID, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then all the people that are positive. There is definitely an, ad, an aspect of that that is fight or flight. Yes. But the difference between that 
And let's say me putting myself in dangerous situations or acting out with whatever. The difference is I'm in a place of love. Yes, there's some fight or flight going on, but I'm in a place of love and a place of service and giving something. And I'm actually, I come away from every one of these experiences at these schools in a place of peace mm -hmm. and gratitude and love. And so I'm finding that there are different forms of fight or flight mm -hmm. um, that are either beneficial or not beneficial. And in the past, we've been so black or white about so many things. We've been fundamentalist about religion. We've been fundamentalist about food and also about emotional issues. And the truth is for me, there's a lot of gray mm -hmm. and it's continually, you know, the most important factor is what is my relationship with me? What is my relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Is that in a good place? Is it not? That's more important than do away with all this and only do this. Right. Well, I think that what you're speaking to is the intention you're holding behind the actions that are being taken. So, you know, there is a sense of fight or flight where you're getting out there, you're doing something brave, you're being courageous, you're making yourself a target. So there is risk involved with that. But the intention that's feeding these actions is really heart-based. And so the um, neurochemicals that you're receiving from this are things like oxytocin and prolactin and all of these really serotonin and dopamine, these really good feeling hormones that help to amplify what is happening in that EMF field of the heart. You have the ability to you know, um, project that onto anyone that comes within your six feet radius. So it's a beautiful thing. You know, I love it. Yeah, man. Six feet. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, well, you know, I sit back and I think, man, they, they really knew exactly what they were doing and they have known what our human potential is and the things that really motivate and move us. And they have done everything they can to ensure that those pieces are being hidden, dumbed down from our ability to access them and utilize them. I'm a big advocate, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, in my opinion, here in the US, we've just been a huge social experiment for a very, very long time. How much toxins can we pump into the food? How much toxins can we pump into the water? How much toxins can we pump into chaotic work environments that are overloaded with time stress and take away from the family unit where the nurturing is no longer, um, a component of, of that family needs. You know, it's about convenience, it's about technology and all of these things, which is taking that whole human interaction away from our existence. We yeah. are literally becoming like AI beings. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I grew up in a family that was very German and very efficient. Okay. Right? We really didn't have a need for love. Uh -huh. because it was all about accomplishing stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and my family lineage has massive, massive accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And I was, 
you know, I was born that if you're not productive, you're nothing. Right. And, and so for me at this late stage in my life to find love, and I'm not even in a relationship with a woman right now, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. I'm in love with life. I'm in love with my brothers. I'm in love with my sisters. I am hugging people every day. Oh, I love it. I am sharing this beautiful love that comes through this, these connections through social media. So it, it's just mind boggling to me that, that I get to experience love, you know, and I didn't think that was but, ever going to be a thing. But this is a choice you're making. Yeah. This is a choice. Yeah. Right. You've chosen to do the work. You've chosen to be transparent about the trauma and the pain and the suffering that was having such a impact on your being and your ability to receive that love and give that love. So this is a choice. And most of us go about our lives thinking it's a feeling that's, you know, we're going to wake up and be overwhelmed with one day. Well, first it starts with an active choice and you have to first love self. You have to love self so that you have self-forgiveness. Therefore, you have the ability to start creating a purpose and having passions that allow us to support the collective, the greater good, and raise the vibration of, of this hemisphere in which we exist. But, but Heather, I, I mean, what's crazy to me is I didn't, I didn't make any of this happen. I mean... Yes, I was willing to go to some depths of emotions and feel them, Mm -hmm. but I didn't create this love. I was standing at the Health Freedom for Humanity uh, symposium we had in Kansas City a few weeks ago speaking, and when they introduced me and I came there and 500 people stood up smiling and clapping and gave me more love than I've ever, ever seen in my life. I almost just died in a puddle on the stage right there. I couldn't even speak because I had never experienced that level. And these people were genuinely loving me. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm just beside myself because it's evidence of God. It's evidence of this universe. It's evidence of what really is the underpinning of our existence. Mm-hmm. And all this bullshit that's going right, right on right now, they're trying to run from the fact that they don't have love. Right. And we do, and that's why we're going to win. Right. I mean, we, you and I both know that everything is already done. Okay. <laughs> everything is already done. And it's just a matter of time of the powers to be who are pulling the puppet strings They're just trying to keep this game going for as long as they possibly can because they already know what their fate is. God wins. We win. Bottom line, that's the end. But they're going to, you know, take advantage of the fact that because we share one consciousness and because this is about vibrational frequency that controls how things are playing out on the big picture, If we keep cultivating the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty, we're going to lower that emotional frequency of the masses and slow down the process of how quickly we have the ability to transmute this into that heaven on earth that we are worthy and deserving of living within what God intended for us. We're heading there. 
It's just a matter of time, you know, and the more people that you get to interact with and share truth with that are open to receiving that information, the more we have the ability to rise that frequency at a faster pace so that we can be done with this stuff. Right. Right. So, I mean, we're in, you know, some really unique times. I remember being in school and and them talking about predictions of 2020 and where we would be with uh, prevalence of diseases and obesity and type two diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And the truth is, is that we've hit all of those milestones plus some, and these aren't good numbers. These aren't numbers that we want to celebrate, but this should be enough to really get people to sit back and question, hey man, if we have the most advanced medical technology, if we have, you know, more exposure to these things than most countries do, why are we the sickest? Why are we the sickest? How are we the sickest? And really evaluating what the lifestyle choices are that are contributing to our overall health and how we're being conditioned to accept these things as our reality without questioning the practices behind them that are contributing to all of our illness. You know, it's, um, and unfortunately with the censorship, it gets harder and harder for individuals like myself and you to share these messages. So. It's, you know, it's crazy too, is because prior to 2019 or 20, I just thought that there were just a lot of dumbasses in the world that didn't get it and I'm smarter than them. And um, I don't know, I had a kind of an arrogant attitude mm -hmm. about, along with my friends, mm -hmm. you know, that we're smarter than all those religious freaks and those rednecks and those diabetic overweight people. And now, you know, I look at myself back then and I just go, oh, you poor thing. Like you thought that was it? You thought that was what life was about or that you were cool or whatever. Right. It's like that was such, I'm so grateful to COVID for giving me the chance to come to where we are today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think the key word you just mentioned is gratitude. So despite the circumstances and all of the uncertainty in which we exist upon, you know, we've got this uh, mandate of federal vaccination of children five to 11 coming up very, very quickly with the so-called FDA approval of this, you know, thing. It's frightening. And there's a lot of parents out there who are living in that fear and, I encourage them to find some sort of thing that they can attach gratitude to over the last 20 months. And if we can start really understanding the value and being appreciative of the things, this is how we get out of this trap, like way sooner than later. Does that make, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're already on a crash course to things changing. Mm -hmm. And we're going to lose some people here. There's nothing we can do about oh, that. Yeah. And that's well, their, their sole contract. Exactly. With the universe is to pass sooner for the purposes of, of some greater good. So, and the thing is, is that because we have been conditioned to be attached to things, people, places, 
this is what's going to hold back a lot of people from being able to make that ascension. When we start fearing the loss of our loved ones based on their soul choices, we're holding back our ability to raise the level of vibration. We're attached. We're, there's fear that's based in that, and we don't have the ability to, to raise above that. So I know for myself, that's something that I've really had to make peace with is understanding that I can't change people's minds. I can't open their eyes for them. I can't help discern logic and help them understand what's truly happening here. Um, all I can do is send appreciation and gratitude for whatever interaction we've had, what lessons they have been here to help me learn and understand and grow from. And as I continue to do that, my heart fills with more love. I don't, you know, when I think of death, I get very excited about death. I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, woo, this is exciting. And I don't mourn the losses. I buried my father on what would have been his 54th birthday. He died from consequences of lifestyle choices. But on that day, I chose to celebrate his life. We had a huge party and it wasn't this, you know, I mean, of course there was some sadness that was there with the loss of his electrifying smile and witty comments not being, you know, on the regular, but there was so much love and beauty that was, um, experienced in the way that we chose to approach that service rather than, you know, the grieving and the loss and all of that. It's all about perspective. We get to make choices. We get to make choices. Yeah, man. I, you know, and as, as we go through this time with our family members, you know, being in different spaces, my whole thing is, let me just help everybody level up mm -hmm. you know, to the best of their ability. Right. I know they're not. And that was the beauty of my wife in the last three months of her life. She leveled up completely. Aww. And she got to this place where she looked at me and she said, you know what my new mantra in life is? My new mantra is fuck all y'all. This is my life. And if you have a problem, go deal with it. Oh. And she lived it out in phone calls with people that were saying goodbye to her at the end of her life when they would say something just utterly not in alignment with her that was so horrendous and just insulting mm -hmm. she would she would go to the phone and she would go so and so i love you very much thank you for calling goodbye boom wow that is power that from a woman who spent her whole life trying to get approval and shoving everything down in the last month of her life damn it she leveled up Oh, that's to the fullest extent. And she went on to the next existence mm. ready. She did not have to come back to this earth or whatever. Right. She went right to the pearly gates, whatever it is. And that's she cool. started flying around in heaven. And there she is now. And she comes back from time to time and gives me messages. Mm. You know, she's still with me. Mm. So it's beautiful. It is. That's, that's beautiful. And I'm happy to see that you are in a healthy place with the loss of the love of your life, because there are so many individuals right now who are grieving. They can't get over that loss that, you know, not having that person who was such a significant piece of their life. 
and it's destroying them. Their soul is literally dying. And unfortunately, this is how disease manifests in the physical body. So, so true. And for me, it was being willing to take responsibility for all the stuff I didn't take responsibility for before I got married, mm -hmm. which was all the feelings little Jeff felt. Now I'm in charge. There's no coping mechanism. There's no one to pawn it off on. There's no one to rescue. It's just me. Mm -hmm. Now, am I willing to go to this place in the midst of my pain? Yeah. and say, I'm going to take responsibility for this. Mm -hmm. That that was the key moment for me. And I am just totally reaping the benefits right now. That's so beautiful. And again, it goes back to choosing you, right? Making that choice that despite you not knowing the details of how it's all going to work out, what that's going to look like, how much pain you're going to have to endure, will you experience any joy? You chose. You said, I'm doing this. I see the value in having to do this work. And as a result, it's freed you. You, you know, you've become liberated and empowered, and you are a bright light for the rest of the world, helping to support and raise up the consciousness of the collective. You're Amen. doing you're doing it, my friend. Well, thank you. It's the thrilling. Every single day is thrilling right now. Well, I commend you. You've been a voice when a lot of people didn't know how to have a voice. You have been a solid voice. You have provided guidance for those whom really did not know where to start. I know myself, including I emailed you after I came across that Sprouts video and you sent me the documentation that I needed. And because of that, I was able to get a medical exemption with a mask mandate so that at least it helps somewhat. Um, but I'm like you, I just, I don't wear the mask and I just choose to do me. And when people say, if a lot of, you know, they're at this point, there aren't really any places that I go to anymore that create any kind of stink about the mask. Most just kind of give you a look, that judging look, and then go about their business. I think we're getting ready to see a new round, and that's going to be with the vaccine cards, you know, um, with going, going to places. That's going to be the new challenge that we're going to be experiencing but I commend the work you're doing to fight for the children who don't have the voices to be able to stand up for themselves. Um, I, I really just believe so much in the work that you're doing and health uh, freedom for humanity, the organization in itself, all of the amazing knowledgeable people from all kinds of different demographics, backgrounds, professions that are coming together and helping to create a system to educate and empower U.S. citizens. Absolutely. Right on. It's the most, yeah, it's so exciting. And the love that's there is, you know, again, back to love. It's mm -hmm. just um, unprecedented for me, the, the feelings that we all have of being a part of setting up the new earth, like it's the greatest mission in the world. Yeah. So I'm curious for the listener who is listening right now, and they've been, you know, thinking about all the things we've been chatting about, maybe they're a little fearful to take the mask off. Maybe they're, they, they know that intuitively, you know, this thing is ridiculous, but they just keep complying with it. What advice do you have for these individuals to either educate themselves or um, 
be able to have the courage and the bravery needed to be able to take Yeah. I mean, I think the illusion is that it's scary to stand up for ourselves and to say how we feel. There's an illusion that somehow um, that's okay to be in that place. And my experience is that standing up for ourselves is the path to God. Mm-hmm. Standing up for ourselves is the path to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely necessary to get what we need to get in this life to survive in a place of love, freedom, and power. And so I'll just share my own experience, which is after I went through all I went through, then my kids, 24 and 25 years old, mm-hmm. went through their own journeys. Mm-hmm. And, and my son, who went to Barnes & Noble and made Barnes & Noble his sprouts, where he would go in there and keep shopping until they finally relented and allowed him to shop without a mask, go to the checkout stand and actually pay at the checkout stand and walk out. And when he finally accomplished that after numerous times, he said, dad, I drove home and I cried all the way home. I cried for all the people at that store that are in such darkness. I cried for myself for not having done this work before and thinking that I could somehow get away in this life without standing up for myself. And, um, he said, I never realized how important this work was. So, I mean, it's, and I see it over and over and over again. So I'm just hoping more and more people realize this is the path to freedom. Absolutely. And I, you know, one thing that I do want to mention for those listening, um, we always try to change our children, right? We always try to give them advice and guide them in ways that are going to help minimize the pain and suffering and the roads that we had to go down. But unfortunately, that approach typically does not work. And so I really encourage parents and caregivers that when we're authentic to ourselves, when we aren't scared to speak our truth and and we have the ability to have transparency and vulnerability and do the hard work, go within and start healing all of the traumas, all of the pain, all of the suffering, through how we start showing up in the world and interacting with others, that is where the real power comes into play with being able to influence those that we love. They see we are responding in a different way. Mom is no longer screaming at the grocery guy anymore. I just walk in without the mask and smile and say, God bless you. I hope you have a beautiful day. And my children are like, wow, that's really powerful. And they're showing up in the world in a similar manner. But I'm not breathing down their neck saying, this is the only way. This is the way you have to do it. When we take that personal responsibility to start doing the hard work, it shows in the way that we are interacting with our environment. And that's usually enough motivation and inspiration for others to want to do the same for themselves. So I commend you with the courage you've had and being able to do the work and for your children to see the value in that, that they want the same for themselves. Well, I think the thing that I learned from my parenting style that was my wife and I were really good parents, but the one thing we lacked was three words. And the three words are figure it out. You know, instead we were like, oh, let me help you figure Problem it out. Problem solver, right. 
Right. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. So, I mean, the beauty is now at 18, once we got to 18, we realized, oh, that's really the only thing we can do is say, figure it out. And so that's when I watched that as I was able to be there for my kids, but without force, they are figuring it out right now. So they're, they're getting it just a little later. I wish I had done more figuring it out earlier, but I'm able to do it now. So what the hell? It's beautiful. I mean, the thing is, is it's never too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be 79 years old right now listening to this episode and something that we have talked about has inspired you. You have the ability to choose today to start making that change because you can see the value in it. I, I feel so strongly that their value has to be attached to the intention behind why we're wanting to do something. And for me, that love, that, that peace, that inner peace, fulfillment, that purpose, that passion, all of those things are the reasons why I do what I do. And I feel so blessed to have had an opportunity to interact with you and cross your path. And I look forward to continuing to collaborate and support one another because it's we've chosen. We have chosen to do this work. We see the, the, the need and the benefits of doing it. And we have to support one another. Right on, Heather. You know? All right. So... Tell me where, so give me just a little bit of information about this documentary, Beliefs and Stories, what we can expect to uh, get maybe out of this experience and where we can find it. Yeah, if people go to beliefsandstories.com, uh, they'll find links to watch the new film. They can find the trailer there. And that also has all my films listed on that website. And you know, beliefs and stories basically picks up from the moment my wife died okay. and, and asks the question, how could she have died? Mm -hmm. What were we missing? We did everything right, nutritionally, holistically. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's an emotional, spiritual component. What were we missing? And so I went on a quest and I don't know what it is about this film, Heather, but it's magical. And everybody who I've seen it with uh, in screenings and whatnot, when the film ends, there's a look on everybody's face like everybody's been healed. We've all been healed in the room because what the film gets to is the, the work that we actually have to do of letting go of this stuff. And there's so much letting go in this film. There's so many tears mm -hmm. and they aren't tears of painful tears. They're tears of, oh God, I've wanted to cry these tears for so long. Thank you film for giving me an opportunity to cry these tears. Wow, that's beautiful. And for me, I filmed this segment I had with this emotional spiritual coach named Xavier Dogba from Canada. Okay. And he, I, I asked him the question, how do you live with the fact that you did everything you could for someone you loved and you could not keep them alive? They died mm -hmm. and it feels like an utter failure. Mm -hmm. And he gave me the most beautiful answer when I'll, I'll just let people see that in the film because I don't want to give it away, but there are, the, the film was just unbelievable. I'm so grateful it happened. And really it happened through me. I, 
I'm not smart enough to have made this film, but um, it's a wonderful journey. It's an hour and 54 minutes and uh, people can see it right now on Vimeo On Demand, but it's soon gonna be on iTunes and Google Play. So um, they'll get the links to watch it at beliefsandstories.com. Okay, fabulous. Well, I encourage anyone who is listening, whom has connected to anything we have chatted about today to definitely head over and let's support Jeff and his passion project. I think we all have something that we can learn and walk away with that's gonna fill our cup and help us step into the bigger purpose and recognize the value that we really have. Jeff, I really appreciate your time, all of your advocacy, your public service. We can't do this without you. I appreciate you being a mentor for me and helping give me some of the basic facts to empower myself so that I had the courage to step up and do what felt right from within. So I commend you, I thank you, I support you in any way possible. It's so fun to connect with you, Heather. I really appreciate you reaching out. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right, everyone. So one, so just leave the audience with one piece of advice, one tip that they can utilize as we continue on with this pandemic. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat standing up for yourself is the pathway to God. And whether that means you're setting boundaries with somebody or whether that means you're having fun every week and you're saying, what am I going to do to have fun? Mm. Um, or, or whether it means saying no to certain tyranny that a government or an employer is doing and say, no, I'm not going to put up with it anymore because I don't have to, because God's going to give me something better than whatever I think I'm getting from you. Right. So the truth is we could all use to have a little bit more belief within us and trust in the process and letting go of having to know all of the details. It's really stepping into that that faith and knowing that ultimately we are going to be provided for and taken care of. Amen. Uh, all the love, my friend. Thank you again, everyone. Make sure you head over to beliefsandstories.com to check out that documentary. And I will make sure that I have everything attached in the show notes to make it easy to find it. Right on. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.